Well, good morning, my friends. Um, Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. Welcome to Overeaters of Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. Um, today is Thursday, May 30th, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book. We're on page 29. We're on that third last paragraph that says, We hope no one will consider. <clears throat> and today's readers for the 12 steps, Mary Agnes Y., 12 Traditions, Elaine H., readers of the text, Kat C., Martha Z., and Leon B. Newcomer greeter this morning is Elena A.M. and our second hour host, Jen A. So the reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, 529, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12965, 12965, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 12970, 12970. OA's preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry this message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Agnes Y to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Mary. Mary Agnes. Uh, This is Mary Agnes Y, a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary Agnes. Uh, next, I will have Elaine H. read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. This is Elaine, um, compulsive overeater. 
12 traditions of OAUs Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself. In our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, our readers anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OA readers anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Elaine H. All right, so this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then you'll press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And we ask you not to use speaker phones either, please. So today, we're resuming, uh, finishing up. There's a solution. We're on page 29, third, last paragraph with We Hope No One Will Consider, and Kat C. will get us going. Good morning, Kat. Star one, Kat. Good morning. Good morning. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that we will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. Um, good morning, Kat, recovered in New York. Um, grateful to uh, have an opportunity to read and to share. Um, you know, I think, um, it was um, in my own sponsors and several people before her um, in sharing their truth um, that I was able to recognize my own, um, you know, my own path and others.
Cat, we're losing you. Press star one. We lost you. Cat, star one. Well, I guess we will uh, just move on from there. <laughs> so, Cat read the first par or the last paragraph there. I'm on page 29, third paragraph. We hope no one will consider. So, if you have not shared in the last couple of days and would like to share on that paragraph, give me your last name and first initial. Roanne M. Kim. Roanne. Kim. Nessa R. Kim. Nessa R. Jennifer W. Jennifer W. Couple more. Well, I guess we'll just stop there. The rest of you can think about it. How's that? So we will, here's our lineup. Roanne M., Kim G., Nessa R., and Jennifer W. And we'll get started with Roanne M., followed by Kim. Good morning, Roanne. Hi, good morning. This is Roanne M. in New York. Grateful to be on the line this morning. I really love this paragraph because it talks about self-revealing. And what that means to me is like full disclosure, full honesty, no shame, no guilt, no embarrassment about what I've been through, about what I've done with the food, because sharing my experience with someone else can show them that they're not alone in their behaviors, that they're not alone with their thoughts, and that, you know, if I can seek recovery and a different way of life, then they can seek recovery in a different way of life. And they talk about desperately in need. I know that for me, the pain of eating has to be greater than the fear of giving up the food. And that means I need to be desperate. The pain has to get me to a point of complete desperation and complete willingness. It is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. That's showing identification. And, show, and it's showing that, okay, they have this thing. I must have it. I think the same way, I eat the same way, I behave the same way, I need help, I can't do this by myself. If other people can do it and they've experienced the pain that I've experienced, then there must be a way, there must be a way out of this. And I really just think this paragraph is about showing that desperation can lead to connection with others who are all who have also experienced what you've experienced it's a connection it's a bond and through those connections we can have the willingness to do things differently to have a design a new design for living as they say in the big book a new way of thinking um anyway thank you for letting me share and with that i will pass well, thank you, Roanne M. Next up, Kim G. followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. 
And, uh, you know, the purpose is what I hear in this, this paragraph basically is that the purpose of the stories in the back of the book is to get us to go to the directions in the front of the book. So I must have this thing. And that thing is the 12 steps. It's the first 164 pages. You know, I, I think to myself, you know, my own home group, I've been in the same home group for like 25 years. And, and but, you know, the first 20 years, basically the format was only reading the stories in the back of the book. We were a big book meeting. We would read for about 20 minutes, and then we'd have open sharing. And basically the open sharing had nothing to do with what we read. It was this rolling diary of, Remember last week when I told you my boss got mad at me, let me update you on, on what happened. And the attendance would swell and recede because disease ruled. It was just about us talking about feelings. You know, unfortunately, in my intergroup, many meetings, including my meeting at the time, had no absence requirement to even leave the meeting. So, of course, disease would dominate. And about five years ago, when, when a lot of us were getting serious and we were recovering through the first 164 pages, we changed the format to a page-by-page big book study. Now, I know this isn't scientific, but it's something I've noticed. Our seventh tradition, my inner group has about 40 meetings, and my meeting, our seventh tradition, is more than all the other meetings combined except for one or two meetings. So it's not about the money, it's about the attendance. That's the attendance that we're getting now that we're focused on the solution. So I think to myself, I often hear, how can I start a vision for you meeting? And the vision for you simply is a healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting. So that's the way I take the question, how can I start a healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting? So I just wanted to share my experience. You know, when I first heard a healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting on the phone, what we did is we got together at my house and we listened to recordings and we would practice this new way of sharing, this way of sharing, of solution-based sharing versus drunk alarms, therapies, and diaries. And after we had that meeting in the house, we started to go out to big book meetings and we started to practice this sharing in meetings. And when the people became attracted to that message, my home group now, what we did is we changed the format to focus on the solution, focus on these first 164 pages, because once again, my story hopefully gets you to listen. But my story is not going to help you to recover. What's going to help you recover is to get into the steps, to get into these these um, these these uh, first 164 pages. So yes, the stories get me to say yes, I am one of them. I must have that thing. But when I used to hear it works when you work it, I didn't understand it was the steps. And the thing I must have is a spiritual awakening. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next up is Nessa R. Followed by Jennifer W. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. This is for you. This is Nessa R, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I came into the rooms um, over 16 years ago, and one of my uh, some of my uh, first meetings were just there were three meetings in our in my city in Toronto, where uh, the big book was read. And what happened was we went around the room reading one paragraph at a time for 10 minutes. Then people would sit all their woes. Um, I would dump all my woes on the meeting with the aim at having people commiserate with me and tell me, oh, you know what, if I had your life, I would weigh 400 pounds. And uh, that wasn't helpful at all. That wasn't helpful at all. And that was the, uh, the meaning of share it or worry. 
Cheryl where it came to, to, to mean, you know, double your power. Uh, and so when we read here, this we just promise. I don't think that's what's intended by this here. Uh, what it means here is that people who have recovered are not people who are problem-free. People who have recovered despite of, or maybe even because of their problems. You know, I used to think that if I didn't have so many problems, then I could stay abstinent. Um, and this is telling me no. Um, you know, what, what started my recovery journey actually was um, a change in a meeting that led me to meet the person who became my sponsor, a woman in whom the problem had been solved, who had problems like me. You know, some of them even worse than my problems. You know, some of them maybe uh, not as bad as my problems. But she was in a normal body, happy, joyous, and free. You know, her problems did not disappear, but there she was. And that to me was a big awakening. Like, you know, I don't need my life to be perfect for me to recover. I can have a recovery despite of my circumstances. And, you know, the, the, the slogan of share it or wear it doesn't mean go, go dump your problems on everybody. It means share their recovery. You know, carry the message. That's what I'm sharing. I'm sharing the message. I'm not sharing the mess. Um, if I don't share the message, if I don't carry the message through sponsorship and the like, then I'm going to wear it. That means I'm going to get back into the food. Um, and so, um, you know, big awakening for me. I hope there's a big awakening for people, too, that, you know, problems don't have to go away um, in order for us to be recovered. All that needs to happen for us to recover is put the food entirely down, 100% perfect, 100% of the time. It is doable, something possible, but it's doable. And then work the steps as outlined in the big book. Follow these, the, the, the instructions precisely, um, and that will lead to recovery. Um, and manageability of problems, too. Anyhow, in that aspect. Perfect timing, Nessa R. Okay, next up, Jennifer W., and we'll be opening it up for more shares. So get ready, guys. Go, Jennifer. Hi, this is Jennifer, um, recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Sweden. I am really glad to be here at the meeting, and uh, thanks for reading, even though I did, we didn't hear that much of the share. But I um, think of the sentence where it says, fully disclosing ourselves and our problems. And uh, to me, I had a lot of shame. Um, I was acting with facades that everything was okay, but I felt from the inside that it wasn't okay. And um, it was um, when I started to sort of tell about these problems and hear that there were other people that actually had done the same, that the shame could eventually and slowly transform to becoming more of pride. Um, and today, now, and I've been in a vision for half a year, and I've been struggling with my food and being in 12, 12 steps programs for about 10 years. But since I've been here in a vision, it's um, it's it's really um, it, it it's another level. I really feel that I have. Like, yes, I am one of you too, and I have this thing. I have this food addiction, and uh, I need to have people who understand me and 
that will lead me actually because that's how I feel now since I've started to work this program in a vision I can actually feel a pride uh, from having this disease and everything that we do um, uh, for for ourselves and for the world and how we uh, grow as people and uh, and 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 that's uh, that's really 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 nice and um, I um, I'm 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 very very grateful that I can feel part uh, that I am one of you and um, that um, there is a solution and I know it is this thing it is the addiction the food addiction and I need to take that serious and because you here on the line is taking it serious too then um it 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 feels like um we can get a better 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 life <laughs> so thank you so much um looking forward to hear some more and to continue with more about alcoholism thank you thank you so much jennifer w okay so uh in case you're just joining us we are on page 30 or page 29, third last paragraph. It says, we hope no one will consider. You have not shared in the last couple days. If, and you would like to, give me your first name and last initial. Lane I didn't get either one of those names. Devorah S. Devorah S. Is it Lee? Lane, L-A-N-E, like a road. Oh, L-A-N-E. Okay. Who else? Pauline M. Pauline M. P-C. P-B. Kathy G. Kathy G. Heard somebody else back behind Kathy. No? Nobody? Rebecca I. Rebecca I. Thank you. All right. Going, going. All right. Well, let's just stop there. Uh, everybody can press star one to mute your phone so we can have a quiet meeting. Here's my lineup, our lineup. Devorah S. Lane, didn't get your initial. Pauline M. Pete B. Kathy G. Rebecca I. So let's get started with Devorah S. followed by Lane. Good morning, Devorah. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much uh, for your service and everyone on this line that makes it possible. My name is Devorah S. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And um, <clears throat> we hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Um, you know, that really speaks to me because, you know, it's the first time when I came to a meeting where I hear people talk about how they use the food um, and they did the things, the behaviors, what they did with the food. Because honestly, I thought I was the only one who who did this with the food, who turned to the food for every situation, who, you know, I ate when I was happy, sad, glad, whatever it was, whatever was going on, I ate. And, you know, to hear it from other people tell my story, it like, like, wow, I really, be- this is where I belong. Um, and, you know, but I'm, and, you know, and I heard people talk how they lost the weight and they kept it off for years and years. And that was also very, very attractive to me. And, 
you know, I wanted that too. There was like, I kept coming back I, just to see the people in thin bodies and seeing, wow, you know, look at them. They're not eating and they're keeping the weight off. But then, you know, and, and that's 20 years ago that's been going on and I'm still back here. Like, why am I still here? You know, I am in a thin body. I'm in a healthy weight. Thank you, God. But there's more to this. You know, I must have that thing too. What is that thing? It's, it's this, this way of life. Um, this growing, this, this connection that I want each day with my higher power. Um, that is what I'm looking for today. Thank God. It's not enough for me to be running around in, in a thin body and wearing a small size. Yeah, we all come in here. That's why I came here. I came in here to lose the weight. You know, I didn't know that this whole program was, was going to, you know, expose me to, you know, getting a better understanding of my higher power. I had no idea that that was part of the deal. But here I am today because still here after all these years because that's where I see, this is where I see you as the crux. This is what I really need to um, be working on each day. Yes, abstinence is very, very important and I weigh and measure and I don't eat no matter what, blah, blah, blah. But the most important thing today is that I'm working with is, you know, trying to seek what God's will is to me, for me and, and, and living in the principles of this program and dealing with people, working with people around, you know, in program, at a program with, you know, patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. You know, the, 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 the attributes that God gives to me, I want to be able to give to other people as well because that's, that's what God wants. That's how we should be with each other. Let's be nice Let's, <laughs> to one another. And, um, and um, so this is, this is what I want. You know, when I hear people share on this meeting, you know, how they're developing spiritually and how they're living today, walking in God's footsteps, you know, that's what I strive for. And um, so we have another day together to do this thing, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Devorah. Uh, next up is Lane. I didn't get your initial of your last name. It's uh, C. This is Lane C. In hey, Lane, your turn. You're hey. up. Thank you so much. Thank you. As Lane C., a recovering compulsive reader in uh, Rochester, New York, in upstate New York, and thank you so much for your service today in making this meeting possible. Um, so when I take a look at this paragraph, um, I think about when I, when I first came into um, Overeaters Anonymous, and, you know, I certainly was desperately in need, um, but did I really believe that I was one of us too? And then I must have this thing. I mean, I can't tell you how much time I spent sort of attempting to fight whether or not this was me um, and, and trying to say, well, you know, I, I kind of identify with this program. I have this, this, and this thing in common with you all. Uh, but there's also this way where I don't quite qualify. Um, and that led to, you know, relapsing uh, on and off here and there until I was really in that place of being desperately in need and desperately in need of the message of this, this um, program. And I think, you know, uh, I'm grateful for the ways that folks who wrote this book fully disclose themselves. And I think this, that's the process that we're in in this program is to really get honest and to fully disclose you know, everything that we can about our lives. I'm in the middle right now of a really kind of tough amend, and it's requiring me to fully disclose some things that I have been terrified of disclosing about myself and being honest with myself and with others about. Um, and, and what I'm coming to find out is when I fully disclose those pieces of myself, I have nothing left to hide 
and that is a serene life. And so if you're someone who's coming into this program and you're, you know, in the midst of saying, well, I kind of have this thing, but I don't know, um, certainly, you know, co connect with another person who has recovered and see some ways that, you know, that you may qualify for this program and ways that you may not. Uh, but also, if you're in here and, and you have some secrets to hide, if you have some things that you don't want to fully disclose about yourself, this process is all about that honesty. And it's also all about the freedom that comes with that full self-disclosure of really just laying our lives out on the table. And I, I can tell you right now that in the midst of this process, I'm just getting to this place where higher power is just showing me how free we can really be. Um, if we don't have allow other people, the food, um, different problems in our lives to be able to have power um, over us. And if we just accept our powerlessness and accept what is our work to do. So I'm grateful to all of you for making this meeting possible and grateful for the shares. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lane Next up, we have Pauline M. followed by Pete B. Good morning, Pauline. Hey, this is Colleen M. Colleen. Oh, Colleen. Sorry. Um, thanks for letting me share. Um, thanks, everyone on the line for this great meeting. And um, some things that have come up for me is um, the stories at the back of the book. I've been in OA on and off for 20 years. I started off in Howell, and then I went to regular OA and 90 Day. And, you know, when I had a lot of long-term um, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what abstinence means. You know, while I, what I really wanted was I just wanted to keep eating the food and getting the recovery. Um, when I came back about three years ago, I was introduced to a meeting that used to tape their speakers. And for about a year and a half, I listened to those speakers. Uh, it was like a 20 minute, several a day. Um, because I kept thinking, I can't do it. I just can't fail again. I, I can't do this thing. I, they're asking too much, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I can't give this up. I can't do that. But I just kept listening and became, God transformed my mind, and I became willing. I always knew I had a food addiction. I knew there was something wrong with the way I ate. Um, it took me many years to, to find OA, and like I said, once I found OA, you know, another 20 years to really um, accept that, um, food had beaten me into submission, and I tried everything I could to manage it, and it it was not manageable. So this this paragraph to me not only um, reinforces that these stories are extremely helpful; they have been for me to help me um, uh, become part of. Yeah, I'm one of you, um, but it also helped me to surrender to step one and and accept that. Uh, I will never be able to manage certain foods in my life. Uh, when I pick them up, there's no doubt in my mind that I will be back off on a binge. I've been abstinent for almost two years now and a healthy weight and uh, getting a lot of clarity. Uh, my higher power, you know, after 20 years of being in 12-step in, in fellowship, uh, I've still got a long way to go and a lot of, uh, a lot of spiritual awakenings to have. But... Once I put the food down, I, the clarity has been just such amazing, amazing. And I, I just love listening to you guys, too. So I'm Colleen from Maryland. Have a great day. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Colleen, for your share. Next up is uh, Pete B, followed by Kathy G. Good morning, Pete. 
press star one. Good morning. Sorry about that. Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm assuming you can hear me okay now. Gotcha. I always, I always kind of scratch my head when I hear that thing, you know, or he's one of us or she's one of us or um, yes, I am one of them too. I think to myself, what does that mean? Right? Like, I, 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 I don't, I, I, I think I, I, uh, I have a problem um, with the relating thing, right? Like, you know, one of us, one of them simply means if you break it down to the most common thing, the thing that we're all, that we all supposedly have is an abnormal reaction to certain substances. Once we put them in our body, we have a, we have a, our body reacts differently than people that don't have this condition. We have the phenomenon of craving kicked in, kicks in coupled with a mental obsession that tells us we don't have that physical condition. Those are, those are the common characteristics that we're all supposed to have if we are, if we are in fact compulsive overeaters. All of the rest is optional. All of the other things, if you ate out of the garbage or, you know, you know all of those things, they're all optional. We could, we could have them. We could not have them. They're all, they're all optional. You know, what I, what, what, what I like to think, you know, I, for some strange reason, it's like I, I want to be treated special for doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing all of the time anyway, right? Like the, this program, you know, I, I want to I get special consideration because I make amends for things I did wrong, for fixing the things I did wrong. I got to be treated special. Yeah, I, it, there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing special about what we're doing here. We're just doing the things that we're supposed to be, to, to be uh, doing in the first place. You know, when it says I must have this thing, what is this thing? The thing is, it could be the connection, could be, could be that, right? But the thing is, I have a connection to the source of uh, the source that's going to keep me from acting out on that mental obsession, right? I can't, I can't compulsively overeat if I don't ingest the substances that cause the phenomena of craving. Right. As long as long as I'm as long as long as I'm, you know, if I if, if, if I have a natural desire to eat when I'm supposed to eat. Right. I can't compulsively overeat if I don't ingest the substances that cause the phenomenal craving. But I must have the connection to the power that keeps me from doing that. And that and, and, and this literature says it time and time again in many, many instances, there is one that has all power. And, 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 and that one is God. May you find him now. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, PB, for your share. Next up, Kathy G., followed by Rebecca I. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for your service today. Good morning, everyone. It's Kathy G., recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. And it struck me that the last sentence of There is a Solution says, Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing, which as some people have uh, beautifully shared this morning about, it, it, for me, it's a step one issue here. It's like the purpose of this chapter is to convince you that you have this thing so that you can be set free from it. Um, it's interesting. It's kind of funny. I remember just thinking so many years ago when I was first in the program hearing, you know, denial is more than a river in Egypt. 
And the denial of this illness is just wicked. I mean, it just took me out of years of my life. Um, and I'm grateful that people have shared their stories and do share their stories. And they're written in this book because, yes, we have to, as people always say on this line, find a way to identify in. I think it's important for us all to know, you know, yeah, we have this thing. We, we had no idea how to be with ourselves or others, how to find rest how to celebrate, how to find comfort, how to deal with any feelings. And so we turned to food. That's what we knew. That was our coping mechanism. And we now have a solution that is based in these steps, if we'll take them just as outlined in the book, and we find a way to seek ease and comfort. In the paragraph before, they talked about in the stories how people were talking about finding their relationships with God. So we have to find some type of relationship with a higher power and we have to surrender. And for me, I had tried doing the steps before, but I had to come back because I don't think I had a firm enough foundation in steps one, two, and three. And now that I do, and uh, it keeps growing. You know, I think it's an imperfect thing, but I just have to keep surrendering and remembering that I am powerless. And if I pick up that first compulsive bite, that my life will become unmanageable. And so grateful that I've been restored to enough sanity today that I get that and that I have choices and I have people to call. And, you know, we have tools that we can use to stay out of that insanity. So, so glad to be with all of you here today, and I hope you have a great day. I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy G. Next up will be Rebecca I, and then I'll be opening it up again for more shares, so get ready. Good morning, Rebecca. Star one, Rebecca. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and I'm really glad to be on this call. I never uh, usually call into this meeting and uh, I have a new job, so I haven't been getting to as many face-to-face OA meetings and I really need to hear there's a solution. Um, and it says, we hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. And I have to say, when I'm in the meetings and I hear details of what people share Um, what they're going through and how they're working through it and bringing God in, I get the solution. That is the solution to me. Like for me for today, um, I've been in program about seven, seven years on and off abstinent. And when I was not abstinent, I didn't even know I wasn't abstinent until I got more honest and I could start to really see, you know, what I was doing with the food And I have to say that in the recovery that I'm in now, I'm in the process of putting down diet soda and I'm seeing how I want to, I'm addicted to it. I'm I'm an addict, you know, like there is a solution. It's a spiritual solution. There's a spiritual solution for the diet soda that I'm drinking. So when I don't drink, um, somebody's not, not muted. Um, when I don't, drink the diet soda, when I'm seeking that comfort in a substance, um, there is 
a solution to that, which is a higher power and the tools of the program. And I have to say that yesterday I didn't drink. I normally drink the diet soda in the morning. And yesterday I didn't. And I had uh, very bad headaches at work, like very, very intense headaches. And I felt groggy. And I was like, and I realized I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in the withdrawals. Like I'm having withdrawals. Like this, the food addiction, there are withdrawals for that. There are like when I first went off sugar, I had withdrawals and that's why I need a higher power. I cannot put the food down on my own. This is not a diet. I have a spiritual malady and I am looking for something in that food that is not there. I'm looking for something in that diet Coke that is not there. My heart, my heart, I need, um, are you timing me? Yeah. Um, Am I almost, am I out? Almost. Okay. Um, But in my heart, the solutions in my heart, God coming into my heart and working with others and working, working with myself and working with others. And um, there's no food or substance that can fill my heart. It's, it's, it's God that fills my heart and allows me to live a different life. Glad to be on the call. Thank you. All right. So remember we are sharing on the paragraph that was read. Um, and we are on page 29, last paragraph. We hope no one will consider. So um, you would have it shared in the last couple of days. Give me your first name and last initial. Carmela G. Roz G. Barbara P. Roz, Roz G. Mary M. Mary M. Crystal P. That's it. We'll, do, we'll stop there. Crystal P. So I have Carmela G, Roz G, Mary M, and Crystal P. So Carmela G, you're up. Thank you so much, Kelly. Also, the eater recovered. Carmela, we don't have a very good connection with you. Yes. Um, can you hear me now? I think someone yeah, was unmuted at that point. Okay. Sounds better, yes. Righty. Um, th- this reading tells me what what I experience at many face-to-face meetings when I see the newcomer. They look at us today as recovered, um, and they want to see, well, what do I have in common with this one? Look at her. I don't think I belong here. I don't really care about this guy. I'm here to lose weight. What is the problem? And that is why I have to, in the beginning, just use my story a little bit as a hook, a hook to get them in because they want to rid their body of this excess weight or they want to stop this insanity in the eating. And um, I looked up the definition of powerlessness because that is the key. We must admit we are powerless in order for us to, to, and that is the, the final big book definition is without authority. And I wanted to prove to the world I had authority. So I was going to ram things down people's throat. I have the authority, so therefore you listen. But today, I've accepted my powerlessness, and I've worked 
all the steps, and I live in the steps every single day. And with that, I'm allowing my higher power that I call God to come in and do the work. And that's what I want to reflect. I want to reflect that peace and serenity and the joy that comes. And it's not just about putting the food and losing the weight because that will come in time, provided we have abstinence, clear our crazy brain, and work these steps in order to get us down that road, the road to happy destiny. And as someone on this line said, we're in a hole, and the only way out of the hole is to put the ladder down and let us climb up it and extend that hand to help that person out of the hole. And that's what a little bit of our story and then giving them the solution will provide for every person in this program. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Carmela G. Next up we have Roz G, followed by Mary M. Good morning, Roz. Good morning, this is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles, California. It's early, but I'm up. And um, one of my favorite things to do is to listen to old-timer AA, AA speak on YouTube. And there's somebody unmuted. Could you please mute, please? Bunch of background noise. Thank you. Um, I I feel as though I relate to every single one of them. I love to hear about how God has come into their lives and turned them from a selfish, self-centered person who lived their lives on feelings into a selfish, other and God-centered person who lives their lives on the right thing to do because I, I, I feel like I'm one of the, I, no, I don't feel like I am one of them exactly like I'm, I'm exactly like them. I'm exactly like you. This, this telephone meeting vision for you meeting has given me, has, has given me that desire to be, to have that thing, to have that recovery. And my very first OA meeting, it was not a big book study, but the ladies that were in that meeting were speaking my language. Up until that point, I no, I didn't feel like anybody could relate to me. I walked the the Whole Food stores, and it, you know it was another name at that time. Uh, walking down the aisles of health food stores, thinking that just because I walked down the aisles, that I was going to get skinny that one of those um, laxative products cleanses was going to fix my problem. And I did, I did a lot of those. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it. But when I talked to people about it, you know, that's what I did in my first meeting. I didn't know about the big book. They shook their heads up and down and told me to keep coming back. And that was 2002, and now we're in 2019. So however many years, I'm still keeping coming back. I'm glad that my uh, recovery has um, 
uh, I can't think of the word. It's the, the Darwin word, but it's four o'clock. So it, it evolution evolutionized into reading this book and studying this book line by line so that now I understand what my problem is and what the solution is. I need the clear-cut direction because I am an undisciplined, compulsive overeater. But thank God today that I am recovered. And the way that I walked and the way that I talked and acted before this studying this book Time. was against, thank you, and I'll wrap up by saying was against all spiritual principles. But today, I don't have to live by my feelings. I live by spiritual principles. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Raj G. Next up is Mary M., followed by Crystal P. Good morning, Mary. Hi, this is Mary M., grateful, grateful uh, recovering from compulsive overeating. Um, <clears throat> I'm so glad to be here this morning with everyone, and thank God for all the shares. Um, I looked up the definition for hope, and in this paragraph, the word hope comes up two times, that we hope and our hope. Um, but the definition for hope is a feeling of expectation, desire for a certain thing to happen. And um, I, I have to say, I was in and out of the rooms for 20 years um, because I didn't have hope. Um, I didn't really want this thing, you know. Um, and I, I, I didn't want to have, uh, I didn't have hope. I didn't want, um, you know, to recover. Uh, now that I, I know that, I struggled with it, but... Uh, as I've been working the steps over the last six months, I can see, um, you know, where I where I struggled. Um, I didn't want a new concept of God. I had a concept of God. What I realize now is that my concept of God wasn't working for me. Um, I didn't uh, want to give up my alcoholic foods entirely. Um, I didn't want to be entirely abstinent. I didn't want uh, a new fellowship. I already had a fellowship. Um, however, I know that today that fellowship wasn't working for me entirely. Um, you know, the, the, the disease really did beat me into a state of reasonableness. Um, I came into this program a couple of days before Thanksgiving um, because I knew I could not go through the holidays eating the way that I was eating, um, completely sick, completely hungover day after day, um, unable to stop eating. Um, I was desperate. I was desperate, and uh, normally I would wait for uh, the holidays to pass so that I could binge my brains out. Um, but this time around, I knew that I could not continue uh, on these binges the way that I was going. Um, so today I have a hope. Um, I have a relationship with God. Um, I'm learning to stay in that conscious contact with God. I'm growing in a new concept of God. Um, so when it's when the last sentence says that, yes, I am one of them and I must have this thing, um, that's me today. I must have this thing. I must have a new way of living. I must have uh, a new relationship with God. I must have a new fellowship. Um, and that's my hope today. So today I can say that I, I have that hope. Um, I remember listening to people for two years on A Vision for You, and I didn't think that I could get entirely abstinent. I didn't think that I could recover. Um, and so grateful for my sponsor and for those that I reach out to and, and even for, you know, newcomers that I reach out to. Um, again, I have that hope, a hope that is alive and well within me, and that hope is, is God. 
Thank you, and have a great day. Perfect timing, Mary. Let's see. Crystal P., you are up next. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P. from Toronto, a compulsive overeater. Um, when I read this, I think um, what stood out to me is uh, yesterday I was sitting, <coughs> sorry, in um, a, in a bunch of self pity, thinking of my story and my past years, and and thinking how many years I wasted, and all the all the horrible things that this disease, you know, uh, led me to the terrible relationships, the manipulation, the, the selfishness, the the terrible habits, the just just a wasted life is what I saw. And I was starting to feel a ton of self-pity. And then I connected with an OA fellow who reminded me of something from a special edition um, uh, on a vision for you. And, and the speaker had said, uh, pardon my language, but, um, you know, the, the crap that we go through turns out to be fertilizer for somebody else's recovery. And, and that really helped me because what I realized is all that stuff, the, the further down the scale I go, um, I'll be able to reach or connect with, with someone who, does, who, who needed to hear that part of my story to identify in. And, for the, and it really helped me to get out of self-pity and realize and actually just be grateful for everything that happened to me in my past and that I did in my past, however horrible it was. Um, first, it got me into the rooms, helped me to identify, and then second of all, it will help me to be of service to somebody else who needs to hear that part of my story so that they can identify and they can see that there's a solution. And then the other thing I thought was, um, I know for me, when I first came into the program, there were many points where the program was asking me to do things that I did not want to do, and what, what annoyed me the most was nobody forced me to do anything. Nobody... Um, made me do anything. The only two questions I had in front of me the whole time were, do I feel I am like you? And do I want what you have? And if I said yes to those two questions, something inside me, you know, had to push me to say, I, I just have to do it. Even though I don't like it, I just have to do it because I am like you and I want what you have. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Crystal P. Um, I have time. We have time for one minute. If anybody has a burning desire to share something. Hello, my name is Beverly. May I share? Yeah, Beverly, you have one minute. One minute. That's fine. So I'm going to say the message of the big book is listen, man, voice, hope. And I've been a conscious for a long time. And now I'm finally getting more and more abstinence. And I say to everyone in the room, listen, man, there's hope. And it's Beverly from Gatesburg, Maryland. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good job, Beverly. That was under a minute. So I think we'll go ahead and wrap up because we only have about 30 seconds. Um, well, now we don't have any time. So um, thank you, everyone who shared. And for Team Thursday, for the month of May, it's over. So appreciate everybody's service. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Our share ID for today, Thursday, May 30th, is 12974, 12974. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, my friends in recovery. This is Martha C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater by the Grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.